how are you now? <laughs> how are you? It's Remembrance Day. Shout out to all the veterans. Your service is much appreciated. By the Bottom Six Minutes podcast. Hello and welcome to episode uh, 14 of the Bottom Six Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake. And again, shout out to all the veterans. Uh, I mean that. Uh, that's not a joke. Uh, I su- sincerely appreciate your service. And we are here today, however, not to talk about Remembrance Day, but to talk about the Montreal Canadiens in their first opportunity to play against the Eastern Conference leading Boston Bruins on Saturday night at the Bell Center. Um, this is a big game, and obviously they got a big weekend ahead of them. I talked about this last episode. They got the Bruins, and then they're going to have uh, the Canucks tomorrow night. So it's a murderer's row for them, and I think a lot of us were going into this game thinking it could be a bit of a rough one for them, and uh, it could be a rough weekend in general for them. So kind of anxious to see what was going to be going on. And we're going to get to all of that. But before we do, the last of the major pro sports leagues is off and running and college basketball is ready to go as well. Bet online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. The NFL, college football, UFC, NHL are also all in full swing. And bet online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, Bet Online, where the game starts. And again, I was worried about the start of this game because I went into it very much expecting the Habs to get run over, right? They've got a tough schedule. They've got to play, again, Bruins tonight, um, or <laughs> Bruins last night, depending on when you're listening to this episode, and Canucks tomorrow night, or tonight, again, depending on when you're listening to this episode. So a back-to-back against two of the best teams in the league right now, and starting off with the top team in the Eastern Conference. I thought this is going to be a very tough game for them, and honestly, in the first period, I was surprised uh, at how well they ended up looking, but 36 seconds into the game, Pavel Zaka, he deflects a Charlie McAvoy point shot. It goes into the net. We are not even 40 seconds into this game, and the Bruins have a one nothing lead. This was kind of confirming some of my suspicions. Like, I, I, I was thinking this might go 6 nothing, 7-1, something stupid like that. We might have a laugher on our hands in favor of the Bruins. But the Habs really settled down after that goal. Uh, it was not like previous games where, you know, they give up an early one and then they end up hanging their heads and playing like shit. No. They got on their horse and they started playing well. The problem was they weren't getting shots. It took the, the the goal 36 seconds in. It was the first shot on goal for the Bruins. And it took them another seven minutes to get a shot on goal. The problem is during that same period, the Habs only had two shots on goal of their own. So they looked like the better team in the first period. But they were having trouble actually getting the puck on net. Um, it was just a low event period. Um, the Habs hit the post a couple of times. The Bruins hit the post a couple of times. But by the end of the period, shots were only 6-6. Six to six, And uh, the score was one nothing in favor of the Bruins. But, again, if you're a Montreal Canadiens fan, you know that sometimes they give up that early goal and then they get down on themselves. They didn't do that, so that was a small victory going into the second period. 
maybe feeling a little bit better than we otherwise would. And in the second period, the Habs came out flying, very physical. They're getting big hits from Arbor Jacki, from Michael Pizzetta, and they're getting chances. They're getting the better chances. They're getting more shots. They're getting more attempts. They are taking it to the Bruins. And you could make a very convincing argument that they were the far better team uh, at this point when we get about midway through the second period. But of course, about seven minutes into the period they take the first penalty of the game we had no penalties in the first period at all it was Johnny Kovacevic goes off for a holding penalty and this feels like a very big moment the Habs have to kill this and they do they get some key blocks they get some key saves and they manage to kill that off and they're the better team for the remaining of that period as well five minutes left in the period now they get a power play and with about 25 seconds left in that power play with them being unable to score they get another power play so they got a five on three for 25 seconds but they can't score and then they can't score on the ensuing uh five on four that they get after that um and it feels like all right the the wind is kind of coming out of the sails a little bit then they get another chance at the end of the period, another power play. So their third power play attempt of the second period, and they can't score. And it feels like, you know, if they do lose this game, they have only themselves to blame for not being able to capitalize on any of those opportunities that they got in terms of power plays. But they do have a little bit of that power play left to start the third period. And I don't know if anybody remembers last game. They had a similar situation and they ended up scoring with very little time left on their power play at the beginning of a period. And guess who? Nick Suzuki from his spot, a little higher than usual. He gets the puck up at the point, comes down towards the top of the circle and unleashes a laser beam in. It's 1-1, we're all tied up. And then before they even really finished announcing that goal, the Habs keep their foot on the gas pedal. They go into the offensive zone. Caden Gooley puts a point shot on. Brendan Gallagher is there to collect the rebound and put it in behind Jeremy Swayman. It is now 2-1 for the Montreal Canadiens, and they are cooking. They are cooking the Boston Bruins, really taking it to them now. They're trying to get ahead by two goals, um, but they're again, they're just having problems. Swayman played really well in that game. Um, outside of the goals that he let in, uh, he was not giving them anything easy whatsoever. Even the goals that they did get, man, they had to work for those. They had to, they had to get one on the power play, and they had to get Brendan Gallagher cleaning one up in front of the net. And, of course, the Bruins do get a goal. Okay, but Oscar Steen had bumped Samuel Montembeau. We get a really good challenge by Martin Saint-Louis. I was worried that, the, you know, the you know, typical NHL officiating with their absolute inconsistency when it comes to goaltender interference, that they're going to call this a goal anyways. They did call it a goal on the ice, but on review, they reversed it. Unfortunately for the Montreal Canadiens, we go a little bit later in the period and we have a power play for the Bruins. And this time, there is no way for the review to save them. David Pasternak gets it in the left circle. He just throws it out front, and it goes in off Brad Marchand's skate. I guess you could make an argument that he kicked it in, but they did take a look at it even, and they got a confirmation from uh, the war room in Toronto that it was a good goal. That ties it up at two. We got nothing from there on out, so guess what? Again, the Montreal Canadiens are going to three-on-three overtime. Is it going to be Cole Caulfield? No. <laughs> no, they have a bit of a rough start to that three-on-three overtime. Uh, Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield got caught out there a little bit longer than they'd like, and the Bruins nearly scored. Mike Matheson took the puck, went end-to-end with it, and nearly pulled off one of the more beautiful overtime goals that you will ever see, but he couldn't put it through. And then we go to a completely different unit. We got Josh Anderson gaining the zone. 
coming in on the right-hand side, and he cuts to the middle and tries to throw a backhand on goal. It doesn't go, as they have not really been going for him very much lately, but Caden Gooley comes screaming in with a shot, and he puts it in. 3-2 to two is your final. The Montreal Canadiens beat the Eastern Conference leading Boston Bruins in overtime. What a fucking game. I cannot begin to tell you guys how amped up I am to see that good of an effort from this team against one of the best teams in the league. I'm sitting here absolutely fired up after watching that game. They had 66.67% of the high danger scoring chances. They had an expected goals for at 5 on 5 of 57.16 in regulation time. Um they were the better team. They were the better team through 60 minutes of play and for the second game in a row they gave you a full fucking 60 minutes of play. They didn't let up at any point in that game. They played fantastic. Um, obviously you had the mistake early in the game to give up that, uh, that goal 36 seconds in, but from that point they were infallible. They were excellent and, um, no complaints from me whatsoever. Um, I, I noticed ahead of the game, Scott Matlas sent it in our EOTP chat that Chris Lee was going to be ref in the game. And I went, Oh shit, we're going to be in for a ref show. And, uh, you know, the refs were, they, they were refs. They made some mistakes at both sides, but it was actually refed pretty even. So we had no problems with the officials. And then we had just a masterpiece from the Montreal Canadiens on the ice. They played amazing. Um, to make things even better, or I guess maybe a little bit worse, Jordan Harris did actually leave that game uh, with an injury, I think in the second period, and didn't return. So they were playing with five defensemen, and they still looked that good against the Eastern Conference leading Boston Bruins. I know I've said that multiple times. I need to keep saying this for effect because who expected the Habs to take it to the Bruins like that in this game? Who? Nobody. I am. I, I don't want to sit here and, and celebrate it too much because, of course, this team still has a lot of work to do before they can be contenders. But I mean, what more could you ask for them from them? Rather. <laughs> They, they played a magnificent game against one of the best teams in the league. Uh, that is something worth celebrating. And uh, that brings me, I guess, to our player of the game. Who are we going to give it to? I got to hand it over to Caden Gooley, who I will argue is officially the number one defenseman on the Montreal Canadiens and figures to be capable of holding on to that role for some time, maybe as long as a decade. Um, he played excellent in that game. Uh, after Harris went down, he was taking a lot of minutes with Johnny Kovacevic. I think he was with Johnny Kovacevic even in the first period a few times. Um, I'd have to go back and double check that. Uh, but that's a pairing that I've been advocating for for a while and one that I think could be very successful for them if they can keep it together this season. Um, but Caden Gooley, man, he was absolutely running the blue line for the Montreal Canadiens in that game. Um, he was making some great defensive plays. He was key on the penalty kill. They had a penalty kill at one point in the third period. They actually had to go uh, and kill off a five-on-three. And he made a couple of really big blocks, uh, a couple of really big clears. Uh, he did everything that you want to see from a defenseman. And it just so happens that he got two points on the night as well. He got the assist on the Gallagher goal with the point shot. And then he got the game winner in overtime. Uh, those were really, those felt like bonuses. If you watched that game, uh, I think the thing that stood out more than anything for him was his physicality, his shot blocking, and his ability to make a really good, really effective first pass coming out of his own zone. Um, it, it changed 
the transition game of the Montreal Canadiens completely and even up against a, a high octane team like the Bruins uh, they were able to make quick work of them and really you know traverse the neutral zone with ease and a lot of the times when they were doing that you noticed one thing and it was that number 21 was out there on the ice and he was making that first pass so uh, I like th- that's another reason why I'm so amped up about this game is because the best player on the ice for me was number 21 and he's a young defenseman that's going to be on this Montreal Canadiens team for a very long time um I, I was super excited about that performance Caden Gooley player of the game overtime winner amazing game from him and you can go down the list and uh and just keep naming off players that played really well uh Samuel Montembeau got first star of the night um in the bell center and I think that was well deserved uh he very easily could have been my player of the game in this one as well he made some really nice saves for the Habs um look I think he was probably about on par with Swayman. Again, the Habs were the better team at 5-on-5. But when it came down to those penalty kills, um, he was very important for the Habs. Uh, I think they they could have been looking at a very different score towards the end of the third period if he wasn't as good as he was, uh, particularly in that 5-on-3 that I talked about in the third period. Uh, You know, they they needed him there, and he stood tall, and he made some important saves for them. And even at 5-on-5, man, when the Bruins did get chances, nothing was going in easy for them. Um, you know, they they technically scored three times, didn't they? They got one called back because of goaltender interference because that was, they needed to bump into him. They needed to try and, you know, get him off of his game in order to get the puck through him. Um, really good game from him. Um, if if he's a guy that, that happens to be on the trade block, there's your piece de resistance when it comes to, to, you know, making an argument in a trade with any other GMs is look what he just did to the Boston Bruins. Eh, you got problems in net? You might want this guy because look what he can do. Now, that being said, He's a young goaltender who happens to be, you know, on his second straight, uh, very good-looking season with the Montreal Canadiens. They might want to keep him around. They might want him to be their number one goaltender moving forward. I don't know. Uh, but either way, whether they want him to be their number one or whether they want to trade him, an effort like that from him is huge. And uh, he was excellent, uh, very deserving of a star in that game. And again, close second for me uh, to Caden Gooley when it came to player of the game. Uh, and I could keep going. Uh, I could keep giving you some positives in that game. Arbor Jacki was magnificent in that game. He was, this was his first time ever playing against the, the Bruins, right? And he clearly got the memo of how the Bruins like to play hockey. And he went, all right, bet. And he went out there and just, he was demolishing dudes. He was lighting people up, uh, whether it be at the blue line, in the corner, along the wall, didn't matter where they were if he got an opportunity to put a shoulder on somebody he was and you saw him talking to him as well like he was hitting him and then he was letting him know like yeah i just stung you what are you gonna do about it um i had somebody actually tweet me and said well i think if milan lucic was playing he'd be acting a little bit differently out there then you don't know arbor jacki because he absolutely would be doing the exact same things that he was doing he just probably would have had to fight lucic at some point which would have been perfectly fine and i don't think that's something that he's going to shy away from so We'll see. I think they play, what, next Saturday against the Bruins again? Maybe Lucic suits up for that one, and I bet you any money, Arbor Jacka is not going to change a damn thing about what he was doing on the ice there. Um, he was extremely effective in that game. Didn't find the score sheet, but again, when we're talking about defensemen, what gets me out of bed, what gets me excited about their performance is how they play defensively, and, and uh, his physicality was huge in that game. Uh, they were afraid. The, the Bruins were afraid of him. And, uh, you know, there's, there, there's value to that. And he, uh, yeah, he was super effective in that game, really enjoyed him. Um, 
the only line that wasn't great was the line of uh, New Hook Suzuki and uh, Anderson. But then, of course, Anderson, he makes a great play in overtime that leads to the goal. So it's hard to even get upset about that. Um, the top line, you know, had the roughest out of any of the lines on the night. And still, they weren't that bad. I mean, Nick Suzuki got a power play goal and Josh Anderson uh, ended up with an assist on the overtime goal. So hard to complain about it. Um, really enjoyed uh, the third line yet again, Brendan Gallagher uh, with Tanner Pearson and Sean Monahan. They were extremely effective all game, looking very dangerous. Brendan Gallagher, of course, scored a goal from his office. Um, you know, you, gotta, you love seeing that. You love seeing the return of vintage Brendan Gallagher. And he was talking shit out there, too. There was a point where they had a big scrum in front of the net, and Swayman was uh, hitting him with some blocker shots. And then Gallagher got up and went over and got in his face and was talking shit to him. I love it. Um, intensity. Intensity. There was a lot of intensity from the Montreal Canadiens in that game. Gallagher was a part of it. Um, Johnny Kovacevic landed a big hip check on uh, Brad Marchand in the first period and absolutely took him out, and it was beautiful. And then minutes after that, Arbor Jacki was landing big hits. Uh, Michael Pizzetta was landing big hits. They went into that game and said, everything that the Bruins typically do, we're going to do all that shit to them. And we're we're just gonna we're gonna turn this into a dogfight, and they did, and it worked out for them. And just so happens that they were also the better team at the actual hockey parts, the five on five, you know, the the systems, the everything was perfect. I'm running out of air in my lungs, and how excited I am at that that I just watched that game uh, because I expected it to be a lot worse than that, and they surprised the shit out of me. So, uh, lastly. As far as excellent performances go, I got to tip my cap to the coaching staff, to Martin Saint-Louis and company. Um, I think they put together a perfect game plan. Um, and I think that this is the second time we've seen them against a, a league-leading team because now they've, they've had two games, right? They've had the one against Vegas where they looked like the better team, particularly at 5-on-5, five five, and now they've got this one against Boston. That's two times they've gone up against league leaders and they've looked like, if you if you didn't know, if you took like a Colorado Avalanche fan and had them watch this game and said, which of these two teams is leading the Eastern Conference right now, they, nine out of 10 are going to pick the Habs. But not even close in reality, right? And the fact that this coaching staff has been able to coach two games like that against two of the best teams in the league, that tells me that we're on the right track here. That tells me that we're not far away from competing. Again, I've said this many times. I don't want to get too wrapped up in a single performance and say, okay, this team's good enough to make the playoffs right now because I don't think they are. I don't think they're ready for that. But I think they're closer than a lot of people think. We have a lot of fans right now that are like, well, we need a top two draft pick this year. This team is not bad enough to have a top two draft pick this year. It would take a litany of injuries for this team to be bad enough to be in the top two. They're nowhere near the Sharks. All right, they're nowhere near the Sharks. They're they're a lot closer to playoffs than they are to the Sharks. So we need to enjoy games like this. We need to be able to celebrate games like this. Um, I think that the coaching staff deserves a lot of credit for that because you know they were they were line matching right. They were taking it to them aggressively. Uh, very aggressive forecheck. Uh, very aggressive in the corners in their own zone. E everything screamed to me like the, the coaching staff had them very prepared for this game. So I loved it. Uh, I'm amped up still. I'm sweating right now as I'm as I'm recording this because I'm so excited. I, I really enjoyed that game. It's it's I, I can't explain how 
wonderful it is for me to actually be able to sit here and enjoy Habs games again. Um, you know, l- last year was rough. There was a lot of games that I really didn't enjoy whatsoever. Probably why a lot of them devolved into uh, referee rants because I just didn't want to be watching those games. And then the ref mistakes were amplified by the fact that I didn't want to be watching the games. And now um, we're, we're seeing a much more put together team. And uh, that was just wonderful. Uh, just great viewing pleasure on a Saturday night. Um, we got a big one tomorrow, though, because, you know, they're coming off an overtime game. They're going to have to go and play. Uh, the Canucks, luckily in their own building, there's no travel. That'd be pretty wild if they had to travel all the way to Vancouver uh, right after playing in overtime. But look, the Canucks are also playing tonight, I believe. I might have to go and double check that and make sure I'm not wrong about that. But, um, you know, it's probably feasible to say that tomorrow night's game could be rough. Uh, if it is, no problem. I'm still going to be hanging my hat on this Bruins game. I just hope that they can, you know, put out a, a competitive roster against the Canucks. If they can if they can make it a game, uh, I'll be happy. I, I don't necessarily need them to win that one. Um, you know, it'd be nice if they did. You know, back-to-back wins against two of the best teams in the league would be beautiful. Be something to talk about. But listen, I'm going to cut it off here. All I'm going to say is I got hope for tomorrow night's game or tonight's game, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, I hope you'll join us for the episode. I'm going to have another episode up right after that game. So, um, you know, stay tuned. We are running, what, uh, over 21 minutes for this episode. So, since soirée pas mal grosse pour les employés de soutien. We're on Spotify, Google Play, Apple. Uh, I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate that very much. This episode was brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you, as always, for listening. And, of course, à la prochaine.